Hey, Emily. How's it going? Doing okay. Um, question for you. I just started some new skincare routine stuff. What's your skincare routine look like? My skincare routine? Uh, it's, it's pretty straightforward. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I wake up, I get in the shower and, uh, that's pretty much it. Tell me about yours. Classic, classic male skincare routine. Um, (laughs) mine is a little more intensive than that. I use two cleansers both a cream-based and a water-based cleanser. I guess an oil-based and a water-based cleanser to take off makeup and then to take off like stuff that your skin produces. Mm. Um, And then I use a couple different serums and things like that and moisturize when your face is still damp. I hope someone's giving me an A-plus for this, but you know, if I'm doing this wrong, (laughs) also please write in. Uh, I use an eye cream that's made out of ooey gooey stuff and in the morning I very consistently use um, SPF some kind of sunscreen and at night I usually use tretinoin like a couple days a week so it's I'd say it's the more intensive end of the spectrum but that is why parents in my program consistently mistake me for a teenager (laughs) even though I'm almost 30 and definitely look almost 30 (laughs) Well, that's that all sounds very impressive. I I have to be honest. I I only know like probably fifty percent of the words that you just said through all of that, <laughs> but I'm taking notes. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, if you want to do some skincare shopping, let me know because <laughs> I'm into it. Um, I used to be very consistent about doing face masks a couple nights a week, whether like the peel peel off ones or like the sheet masks. Um, and I still really like it. I just find that I can't do much with my face while I'm doing that. And I use my face a lot. Yeah. We, we had a couple mask nights. Oh, yeah. We went yeah. through a phase. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. That was fun. You I, are I did enjoy that. about it. <laughs> yeah. It's really, rela- it just feels good, right? You feel like you're doing something nice for yourself at really kind of minimal cost. It's not very expensive, you know, like. Unless you're doing it all the time. Yeah. But anyway, I want you to imagine for a second. <laughs> what if the only way to get your skincare products was to kidnap a child? You know. Are you in or are you out? I, I'm going to have to say I'd be out on that one. Yeah, I, I think I would too. I can think of one particular um, Disney villain, though, that would jump at the chance to uh, do exactly that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um. And in fact, so, you know, in our consumer-focused world, we have a plethora of skincare options available to us. Products, treatments, procedures, you name it. But no one has developed a more effective skincare routine than Mother Gothel from Disney's Tangled. So in today's episode, we will be offering some advice to Mother Gothel, including, but not limited to, cruelty-free skincare alternatives, self-image, adoption, and aging. Unsolicited, the podcast that gives fictional characters advice they did not ask for. I'm Emily Blake. And I'm Owen Evans. So, Owen, when you think about aging, how do you feel? I have, uh, I definitely have mixed feelings about aging. Um, I am uh, 30. I'm 30 years old. 
Um, and uh, my I turned thirty last September, and that was that was uh, an, an an interesting time. Um, I uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, um, thinking about uh, how how things used to be when I was younger, and 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 all of that. And then I also, you know, on the the other side of that, I think, you know, five years from now, I'm gonna be probably having those same thoughts about the age that I am right now. And so it's just, you know, it's just trying to, to flip the script for me is, is, is where I'm at. What about you? Um, I think I feel similarly. On the one hand, I'm a little bit vain. I like doing skincare stuff. I, I find it really relaxing. Um, but I also like feeling like I look okay, you know? And I, I think there's a lot of pressure for women to look young. In fact, at, at the age of 30... A lot of women consider themselves kind of put on the shelf. You're definitely no longer a quote-unquote young woman anymore. And I think there are a lot of opportunities that mm. you lose when you when you stop being young as a woman. Yeah. Um, which is why women joke about celebrating their 29th birthday over and over and over and over, <laughs> right? We are kind of at that age where people start seeing you as an actual adult instead of a 20-something who thinks they know what's going on right you know yeah the the funny part of that is that once you turn 30 it's not like you magically all of a sudden know what's going on <laughs> i was really hoping for that i know so wouldn't thanks that be for nice bursting that bubble <laughs> yeah that would be great sign me up yeah so our our character for today mother gothel goes to some pretty drastic lengths to um to prevent aging um and, uh, you know, what, what would you say are some more normal ways to, to, to go about that? I guess to, to kind of still feel young. Well, before you know we I mean? dive into that, let's talk through the plot of Tangled. So here's your regularly scheduled spoiler alert. <laughs> if you haven't seen Tangled, it is essentially the story of Rapunzel, but with one important added twist. So... In this rendition, the queen who gives birth to Rapunzel um, is given a mixture made with a magic flower that was grown from a droplet of sun. The upshot is that this witch, Mother Gothel, has been using the flower for centuries to retain her youth, and by singing to it, she is magically healed and back to being young again. So we, we see... Teenage Rapunzel, 18-year-old Rapunzel, um, saying, hey, you know, mom, I really like this tower and I love you very much, but I would really like to go see this phenomenon that I've seen outside the window um, for my 18th birthday. And she says, no, <laughs> stay here. Uh, the world is dangerous and scary. You should be terrified of everyone but me. I will take care of you. And by the way, I'm the only person whose advice you should ever listen to. Which sounds healthy, right? <laughs> so healthy. So Rapunzel sends her mom away and says, I want a birthday present from this really far away place. Could you go get it, please? <laughs> and she leaves and Rapunzel sneaks out with this burglar who has been, who's wanted in the kingdom as her guide. Yes, that's so, right. Yeah, I really like that character, but we'll more on him later. <laughs> so they... 
they travel across the country and eventually she realizes, oh shoot, I am the missing princess. Um, she was stolen by the witch so that the witch could sing to her hair, which now glows like the sun and is, and retains the magical healing properties of the flower. And eventually she realizes, hey, I'm this princess and uh, tries to run away. And and she eventually she eventually does re- reunite with her parents, correct? Yeah, at the very end, I think she reunites with her parents. Um, but also at the very end, her hair is cut and loses all of its magical properties by being cut. So the the witch Mother Gothel immediately reverts to her old crone self <laughs> with gray hair and wrinkles and wrinkles, knobby pimples, arthritic. Yeah. Yeah. All that goodness. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now let's continue. <laughs> so yeah. So Mother Gothel is so obsessed with self-image. You know, it's probably the thing she cares the most about. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, one thing that comes to mind for me is you know she's sacrificed a whole lot just to keep Rapunzel hidden uh, in this tower, um, so that mm-hmm. she can maintain her beauty. Um, and, you know, she so she has sacrificed the ability to uh, bring people into her home. Right. Because no one can know that Rapunzel mm-hmm. is there. So she can't have friends over. Um, she has uh, sacrificed. Oh. Oh, what's another specific example, I guess? Uh, well, lots of things. Um, all, all in the name of, of being beautiful. And, you know, to w- would you say that that's that that that's worthwhile? Um, I would not. I certainly would not either. I think. But I also wonder if it is just vanity and and just looks, because I imagine it's very uncomfortable to be in an older body as well. True. You know, I I mentioned that her hands look pretty arthritic. Not that I know anything about arthritis, um, mm-hmm. but like knobby and swollen, and I imagine that it it may be very painful also for her to revert to her older body. And I wonder if she feels like she's able to think clearly in her older body as well, or if that's impacted too. That's a really good point. I had not considered that. Yeah, perhaps she's experiencing... Um, the- but, you know... Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, perhaps she's experiencing some uh, symptoms of dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that. Maybe. Um the movie does present the scenario as though it's predominantly focused on looks though. I'm with you. <laughs> um, so yeah. So if, you know, if mother Gothel was able to flip the script um, and it, it, you know, I, I, I think she really could have had a, a more fulfilling life. Um, mm-hmm. And she cer- certainly could have had a more uh, healthy relationship with Rapunzel. I mean, well, hypothetically, you know, if if uh, the witch had never kidnapped Rapunzel in the first place, um, perhaps they would never have known each other. But you know, if if they did, they you know that that relationship certainly would have looked a lot different. But also, if she had approached the castle and said, "Hey," um, <clears throat> Your daughter has the ability to cure people if we sing this song. How much good could Rapunzel have done in the world? And do we really think the the king and queen are are cast as beloved and benevolent rulers? I find it unlikely that they would deny the 
the witch the opportunity to simply sing a song once a day with their daughter, you know? Sure. Yeah. 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 I, I suppose so. Um, but you have to be careful with that kind of thing, right? Because, you know, think back to the episode we did on Louisa, right? When, mm-hmm. when somebody carries that, um, or has, has a, 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 an ability to do a lot of good like that, you know, it's, it's easy to exploit that person. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And maybe it's overreaching to assume that Rapunzel should have cured a lot of people. But Mother Gothel was using the flower for quite a long time. And I, yeah, it was taken I just her, think yeah. there's room for negotiation. <laughs> there, Yes, there is definitely a, another way to, to go about that. But it wouldn't have made as interesting a movie, so... That's true. A far less interesting music movie. <laughs> and probably not such a good soundtrack either. <laughs> true, true. Um, yeah. Uh, another thing about uh, Mother Gothel that, you know, that you kind of brought up a little bit earlier uh, in your recap um, is that, you know, Mother Gothel uh, really uh, convinces Rapunzel that the way she's being treated um, is all out of love and, and protection. And it, it, dude, yeah, it's you know, it's it's definitely a, an abusive relationship going on there, and Rapunzel, Rapunzel is just being kept in the dark. Mother knows best. Take it from your mumsy. On your own, you won't survive. Sloppy, underdressed, immature, clumsy, please. They'll eat you up alive. Gullible, naive, positively grubby, ditzy, and a bit well vague. Plus, I believe, getting kind of chubby. I'm just saying, cause I love you, mother understands. Mother's here to help you. All I have is one request. Rapunzel? Yes? Don't ever ask to leave this tower again. She is so toxic she might be my least favorite disney villain um (laughs) Mm -hmm. i just think she's she's so manipulative and she's such a liar Mm -hmm. and we see a lot of great villains who are really open about what they want and they just tell you and then they go to absurd lengths to get it but i almost have respect for that it is a kind of integrity to show what you want and seek what you want. Mm, mm-hmm. Even if I disagree with what you're doing, I can to some degree respect that you're doing it and the way you're doing it. Sure. Um, I don't feel that way at all about Mother Gothel. <laughs> I hate her guts <laughs> because she has taken this this child and essentially made her afraid of everything in the greater world. She's limiting her opportunities so much um, mm-hmm. and really using only negative emotions lots and lots of fear but even more than that lots and lots of guilt there's one scene in in the movie where she sings this horrible toxic song to rapunzel and then at the end she goes oh now i'm the bad guy yes (laughs) yes you are the bad guy you were always the bad guy you have always been the bad guy i'm glad you're figuring it out (laughs) Um, not a fan of Mother not Gothel. a fan at all. 
Not a fan at all. You think I'm not strong enough to handle myself out there. Oh, darling, I know you're not strong enough to handle yourself out there. But if you just... Rapunzel, we're done talking about this. Trust me. Rapunzel. I know what Rapunzel. I'm... Rapunzel. Oh, come on. Enough of the lights, Rapunzel. You are not leaving this tower. Ever. Oh, great. Now I'm the bad guy. So, okay, here's a question for you. So in a situation like that, let's, let's like uh, think about the, the real world here. Somebody, somebody adopts a child. Um, what, what should discovers you... Discovers they're magical. <laughs> it discovers they're magical. But, but what, sh- what should someone expect from an adopted child? And, and what should, you know, what support should, should someone provide for an, an adopted child? You know, what should, that, what should that relationship look like, do you think? I kind of think you shouldn't expect anything from an adopted child. <laughs> if I were to birth an infant, I would probably not expect a lot from them. I would expect to be providing quite a lot for mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the same would probably be true of an adopted infant. And then, of course, as kids get older, they can take on some responsibilities and chores and that kind of stuff. It's, you know, t- teenagers and even younger kids can certainly contribute to a household, but like you don't adopt a kid so that you have a workforce. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're asking? Basically, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah. So do you think yeah. that Rapunzel was doing a lot of work? We see a lot of art from her. She's painted every inch of the inside of her tower. Um, and she she does a little bit of sort of housekeeping stuff, you know, opens and closes the blinds and things like that, dusts the floors and <laughs> does some chores. Um, but do you do you feel like you see age inappropriate work? Um, no, no, I, I, I think Rapunzel uh, in terms of the household things. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think she you know contributes in, in a way that that is fitting for someone her age. Um, but you know, of course a, a child should, should never be exploited, um, mm-hmm. in that way. Um, yeah, she, yeah. she, I mean, she's really just being used for her hair, huh? Right. Yeah. Yeah. If it weren't for that, if it weren't for the hair, she, she wouldn't, she wouldn't be in that situation. Yeah. Oh, Mother Gothel. Um, and of course, while it's un- uncommon, I think and hope, um, we, we do see some exploitation of our foster systems and adoption in these ways. Mm-hmm. There is a very modest stipend that's associated with foster care. And very occasionally that system is abused with the intent of, uh, securing a larger stipend for housing more children. Oh, sure. But yeah. I, I think that is very much the exception and not the rule. And, I I think it's pretty rare because, of course, raising children takes an incredible amount of effort. Mm-hmm. And most people who are invested in the foster care system, I, I think, are really trying to do good in the world or to grow their own families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I certainly hope that that's the case. It's really sad to think about situations where, you know, ch- children are exploited. Um and, you know, we should also, I think, address the fact that, you know, Mother Gothel is a single parent. Um, uh, you know, we've, we've both had, had students uh, that come from families 
like that. And those those kids have to, definitely have to take on, you know, responsibilities beyond their age. What should be developmentally appropriate for them? Yeah, well, and it's worth mentioning also their parents take on incredible workloads, too. So Mm -hmm. being a single parent is not a walk in the park. Our society isn't really developed to to support single parents very effectively. Um, Mm -hmm. Our society is really not even designed to support households where two parents are working very effectively. Um, Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we really are, are designed to have an adult who does care for children and an adult who brings in money in in American society. Yeah. Given that single parenting is so difficult and is so little supported by society, um, it really paints a clear picture of just how much Mother Gothel is willing to invest to maintain her youth. Um, can, can you uh, elaborate a little bit more? Uh- sure. So raising a kid is hard. Raising a kid is hard if you have a partner. Mm-hmm. Raising a kid is much harder if you don't have additional support. To the best of our knowledge, Mother Gothel is entirely alone in the world, with the exception of Rapunzel. We don't see any evidence that she has friends or family or anyone who has her back. Mm-hmm. Um, just her and this princess in a tower. Yeah. That would be yeah. exhausting. Yeah. Imagine never getting a break. Literally ever. You can't have a babysitter at any time for any reason. It sounds exhausting. Mm -hmm. And she's willing to do all of that so that she has access to this age-defying hair. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. I, I, I wonder... You know, it'd be it'd be interesting to be able to see inside Mother Gothel's head and, you know, if she ever goes through moments of regret or or thinks, you know, maybe may, maybe it's it's time for this to come to an end. But, you yeah. know, she. Yeah. Well, when I think about the real world, comparing this fictional kingdom to the actual world that we experience, the implications of aging on women are pretty interesting. On the one hand, just as women suffer from self-esteem issues in youth as teenagers and, and, you know, during that time period, Mm -hmm. and it often results in depression and low self-esteem and low self-efficacy, women who perceive themselves as looking old or looking bad as they age suffer from the same symptoms. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if you had the opportunity to just feel good about yourself, would you take it? And how much would you be willing to invest to feel good about how you look and how you move through the world? Yeah, you know that's that that's that's a great question. Um, I and I I I think I I would not take it. Um, you know because I think it's I think it, it really is just important to uh, learn how to accept yourself. Um. And uh, this is something I've, you know, really been trying to do. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's that, I don't know, it's, to me, it's, it's the, the thing when, when you spend, when you spend all that time thinking about, um, 
you know, always trying to, to look your best and, and constantly thinking like, man, I, I looked so much better when I was younger or, or, or anything like that. It, it takes you out of, it takes you out of the present. You know, you can't, you can't mm-hmm. be in the moment and you can't, you can't enjoy, you can't enjoy life to the fullest if you're constantly wishing you were younger. Does that make sense? Yeah. I also wonder how different the experience is for, for men and for women. Yeah. I feel mm-hmm. like aging is an issue that cuts both ways for women. Mm-hmm. When you're young, you're treated as inexperienced and incapable. And as you age, you're also seen as kind of incapable and infirm. Um, yeah. So whether you look young or you look old, you're not given very much. It seems like both contribute to a lack of credulity. Right. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. And it, it seems to me like it's not the same for men. No. It's, I mean, it's I think not... if you if you asked who the most handsome men in the world are, um, some people are going to throw out younger actors names. Right. They're going to give you like a Timothy Chalamet or a Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. But. I think a lot of people are still going to go George Clooney and Brad Pitt. Right. Yeah, like, of course. Those guys are not young anymore. No. And we still treat them as some of the most beautiful people in the world. And mm-hmm. we just don't treat women the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, one of my um, one of my uh, old old friends used, used to joke. It's like when once once mom bods come come into come into fashion, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like and it's, sign it's, me up. Let's see that world. It's such a it's such a silly thing. And silly is not even the right word because it does have very drastic implications. But you know, it's it's just it's ridiculous that you know that's that's how society chooses to 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 see things. Um, yeah, there also is research that's sort of interesting that suggests that. Gosh, I hope I'm not misquoting this because I I saw it several years ago. But it suggests that women are attracted to symmetry of the face, while men are attracted to ratios of the body. Oh, so interesting. essentially, like men are attracted to figure, and it ne- isn't necessarily that they're attracted to skinny or to fat, but like to having your bust and your waist and your hips at the right ratio. Mm. versus women are attracted to symmetry within the face. Sure. And on the one hand, I think men kind of get the raw deal there because you really can't fix in symmetry in your face <laughs> short of surgery. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But on the other hand, bodies change so, so much over the course of a lifetime that for women it's really difficult because maintaining a, a semblance of attractiveness um, – can be so difficult. Well, you you say men changes. get the you, you say men men get the short end of the stick, but I I I kind of disagree with you a little bit because you know it's it's much easier to say, well, you know, this is just my face. I'm I cannot change it, you know, because there are bones. There are bones there, um, and then to just mm-hmm. kind of write it off and and you know accept it as as that's what it is. But for for a woman in that position, you know, to uh, to have that, you know, be living with that, that constant judgment of, you know, of, of your body, which, you know, your, your fat level and, and, you know, all, all this stuff about your figure is, is, is something that, that is more in your control than actually altering your bone structure. And so that, well, and some of the most physically active women I know are in larger bodies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's just true. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right that that is really unfair for that reason because often being overweight is ascribed to laziness. Gosh, I just don't understand why that person isn't working out more mm-hmm. or to a lack of self-control. Gosh, if they just lay off the pizza, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And in both of those ways, they're seen as character flaws for women. Mm-hmm. And the same just isn't true of facial symmetry for men. Mm-hmm. Nobody's like, God, I can't believe that his nose is off center. <laughs> He's so lazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but often we share similar degrees of control over our appearance, even though ostensibly, you know, there's plenty you can do to change your body. Um, but not everybody's going to respond the same way. Mm-hmm. And the amount of effort really changes the lifestyle that you're able to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So as we bring it back to Mother Gothel, <laughs> um, I'm curious about her vanity in part because she does seem so lonely. And in my experience, vanity is less about how we see ourselves than it is about how we think others see us. You know, it's mirror, mirror on the wall. Mm-hmm. It's not, gosh, I look great today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, it kind of raised, it kind of begs the question, you know, were, were there people in, in Mother's, Mother Gothel's life um, you know, but before, before she found this flower or before she uh, took Rapunzel, you know, was, was there somebody that she was trying to impress? I, I wonder. Mm-hmm. I also wonder about the making of the film because we are given no motivation other than her desire to be young. Mm-hmm. And it troubles me enormously that in a film like this, that is considered enough motivation for kidnapping a child. Like, of course, she's a woman. She must want to look young. Like, why? Why would Why would she care? Why would yeah. she care at all? Yeah. <laughs> um, and there may be an element of immortality as well. I don't remember how long they said that she had been keeping herself young this way. But I think it was a couple of centuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's just the fear of death and that's the intended motivation. But if that was the case, I imagine she would spend more time away from Rapunzel building her own life. Right. And just come back every couple of weeks, sing her little song and move on. Yeah. Yeah. If if you were if you're afraid of death, you know, that that implies that you have something to live for. But if if Mother Gothel is is so so lonely that, you know, she's she has the ability to, you know, um keep Rapunzel hidden from everybody and and not not be missing out on other relationships. I mean, you'd think that after a couple of centuries, you'd get bored enough to, you know, be able to ex- accept accept your fate at that point. You know. Yeah, I got to tell you, I really like being alive, but I don't think I'd want to do it forever. <laughs> yeah, same I, here. I don't mean that in a depressing or demoralizing way. I just it's hard to imagine continuing to be curious and continuing to be interested indefinitely. At some point, you must know so much stuff and have experienced so much stuff that you're just kind of bored. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think about, you know, uh, living in, in today's world and, you know, the younger generation is 
you know things are uh, things are popping up like like TikTok and all this stuff that is just you know bam- totally bamboozling to me and like that's it's not these these new things are I'm not really making them part of my life and so you know as as more new things come along like imagine you know a century later I I don't imagine that my interest in the new fandangled thing is going to suddenly you know rise. <laughs> Well, and I think it would take the right kind of person to continue being curious and interested. And Mother Gothel doesn't strike me as that character. No. In the same way that old folks kind of say, you know, kids these days, I think that people our age and younger often look at older folks and go, man, they're just so crotchety and grumpy and they don't want to learn anything new and they just want things to stay the same as they always have been. <laughs> It's important to recognize these stereotypes absolutely don't apply to everyone. Mm -hmm. I have worked with so many incredible, truly incredible young people over the course of my career, as I know you have. Um, But also, I have been so impressed with many of the older folks in my life who are really adaptable and curious and and very interested in the experiences and thoughts of young people. and may or may not be adopting new technologies as they come, but are adopting new mindsets and really working hard to understand people who seem dissimilar to them. Mm-hmm. And that's something I really, really respect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't get the impression that that's Mother Gothel, though. And I think that's the kind of person who would like to continue living for hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very selfishly motivated. Um, I, I was lucky enough to, to work with some some colleagues that kind of fit fit that description um, of someone who's you know a, a little bit older, closer to retirement, but has always always uh, remained very very curious about about kids and um, and in their lives. And you know, one thing um, that you know, I I uh, came across a lot in in my job um, and um, is a really kind of a hot topic now is like kids, kids with uh, a, a non-binary um, a, a gender identities, you know, and, and mm-hmm. o- older, older teachers and colleagues that I was working with, you know, kind of being resistant to, to those new, new ideas. Um, but, you know, also, also I, I, yeah, had the, had the pleasure of working with some colleagues that, that um, were accepting of that. So. Yeah, I was really, I don't know if I'd say surprised, but I was really gratified recently um, to attend an event, or I guess I didn't actually attend the event, I got sick, but to plan to attend an event that was multiple generations, at least three, and um, one one person from our generation messaged the group beforehand and said, hey, I want to let you know my partner is changing their name and using different pronouns, and the first people to respond were people who were of my grandparents' generation, you know, like a full two generations above me. And they were just like, awesome, cool, can't wait to see her. <laughs> um, and again, I I don't think in that setting or in that group, I was really surprised by the response, but I was really gratified to see older people being so accepting of something that I, I could understand being truly baffling. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of makes you wonder, like, what what experiences did they have that 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 led to uh, that that led to them having that mindset? Like, I'm curious to know, um, maybe if they went through something when they were younger that you know um, some kind of uh, uh, adversity 
or some kind of pain or Have trauma. Have we gotten to the part of the episode where we recommend empathy? <laughs> it does seem to be a, a recurring theme for us, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Should should we should we offer some actual advice to to Mother Gothel? Yeah, what do you think she should do? I think I think Mother Gothel uh just, you know, should should really um take some time to to th- to think about um what's what's really important and what what actually brings her gratification um and 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 pursue that you know because i just don't think physical appearances especially with with her solitary lifestyle i mean what is what 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 gratification is is she getting from that really other than maybe you know um not being sore in the morning (laughs) yeah yeah um well, I got to tell you, this is a piece of advice I don't think I've given yet on this show, but I anticipate giving often because it is a guideline by which I truly try to live my life. And that is that I think Mother Gothel should ask for what she wants. Hmm. I think when you ask for what you want, you are far more likely to get it. Hmm. And I think we should all spend more time asking for the things that we want instead of finding ways to circumvent or try to make them happen. I think when we tell the truth about the things that we want, we're more likely to get them and we're likely to harm fewer people in the process. And that's the case here. I think if she walked up to the the king and queen and said, hey, you know, I've I've really been trying to maintain my youth. Um, <clears throat> you ate my magic flower <laughs> and I was wondering if you would consider letting me sing a lullaby to your daughter. Uh, once a day and you know we can all win (laughs) i don't know if they'd say yes but it seems better than just going straight in and kidnapping her right yeah 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 i mean you know we're i i i believe that us us as humans are are wired to to want to help um you know i'm there are are plenty of humans out there that that are are not wired that way but for the for the most part you know if yeah if you ask somebody for something they're their their gut yeah. instinct is going to be yeah if you know if it doesn't if it's not uh going to cause me harm or if it's not ultra inconvenient for me like i i want to help this person well and similarly rapunzel loves her yeah rapunzel loves her she thinks that mother gothel is her mom and i think if she said to now adult rapunzel hey rapunzel i want to let you know um I actually think that you can make it in the world out there and I think you should go explore it, but I will die if we're apart for too long. So would you please just stop by like once a week and we can do the hair thing? Mm -hmm. I have a hard time seeing Rapunzel, who is a generous and giving and thoughtful character, going, nah, die. (laughs) Like, no, that's not what, that's not how she's going to respond. So again, ask for what you want Mm -hmm. and you have a far better chance of getting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, excellent advice. Okay. Well, on that note, Unsolicited is a Salty Pup production. Audio engineering by Robbie Rutherford. Music by Tristan Hurd. Social media by Allison Biggie. And art by Erica Peterson. Thanks also to my co-host, Owen Evans. My name is Emily Blake. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review. It really does make a difference, and we'd love to grow this audience as much as possible. If you have questions or want to reach out, you can reach us at unsolicitedhosts at gmail.com or visit us at our website on Squarespace. We'll hope to hear from you. Oh, and I have a bonus question for you. 
All right. It is not an open-ended question. Are you ready? <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Why is Flynn Rider the best of the Disney princes, princes used lightly? <laughs> uh, oh, man. I don't know. Because of his charming good looks? I mean, that doesn't hurt, but... <laughs> I actually think it's because he's the only one who thinks that everything happening around him is weird. <laughs> he's the only one that's got some sense. Yeah, he's the only one that's like, oh my gosh, you have magic hair? This, uh, yeah, I'm, um, <laughs> bye. <laughs> right? <laughs> the woke prince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> 